Let us pray. O God of light, by the power of your Holy Spirit, restore our sight, that in these words of scripture and sermon we may see Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our first reading is a reading of Psalm 30. I exalt you, Lord, because you pulled me up. You didn't let my enemies celebrate over me. Lord, my God, I cried out to you for help, and you healed me. Lord, you brought me up from the grave, brought me back to life from among those going down to the pit. You who are faithful to the Lord, sing praises to him. Give thanks to his holy name. His anger lasts for only a second, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay all night, but by morning, joy. When I was comfortable, I said, I will never stumble, because it pleased you, Lord, and you made me a strong mountain. But then you hid your presence. I was terrified. I cried out to you, Lord. I begged my Lord for mercy. What is to be gained by the, my spilled blood, by my going down to the pit? Does dust thank you? Does it proclaim your faithfulness? Lord, listen and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You changed my mourning into dancing. You took off my funeral clothes and dressed me in joy so that my whole being might sing praises to you and never stop. Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. The scripture I'll be preaching from this morning is from the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. And I know there's at least one fan out there, the book of Revelation. They wanted to hear about it, so here we go. And then I looked and heard the sound of many angels surrounding the throne, the living creatures and the elders. They numbered in the millions, thousands upon thousands. They said in a loud voice, Worthy is the slaughtered lamb to receive power, wealth, wisdom, and might, and honor, glory, and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, I heard everything everywhere say, blessing, honor, glory, and power belong to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb forever and always. Then the four living creatures said, amen. The elders fell down and worshiped. When I was 14 years old, a friend of my family, who was a very faithful Bible reader and follower of Christ, told me not to read the book of Revelation because it would scare me. So for a few decades, I ignored the book of Revelation, hoping it would either go away or that I would never have to open it at all. Now I realize that this last book in the New Testament, in fact, the last book of the Bible, is not so scary as it is confusing and difficult to understand. The book of Revelation, also called the Apocalypse, is full of symbolism and is written in allegorical language. This book is an account of visions, dreams, some borrowed from the Old Testament books of Ezekiel, Zechariah, and Daniel. 
And some of these things are the visions or dreams from the author, John. Whether or not these visions were real experiences of John, or a dream, or something else, who knows? The book of Revelation seems a mystery. And the book of Revelation is more or less a symbolic fictional narrative that conveys a secondary meaning or meanings not explicitly set forth in the literal narrative. So that's complicated. We're going to hear that again. The book of Revelation is more or less a symbolic fictional narrative that conveys a secondary meaning or meanings not explicitly set forth in the literal narrative. So, the symbolic descriptions are not to be taken as literal descriptions, nor is the symbolism meant to be pictured realistically. realistically. For those of us who dream and can remember those dreams when we wake up in the morning, we know that dreams can be all over the place. They may not make a lot of sense. Magical things happen in dreams. Things appear from nowhere. We may not think there's an order to it. We may not know what it means. But somehow, sometimes those dreams come together and we can understand them. So do you remember a few weeks ago on Palm Sunday when we talked about Jesus hanging on the cross and just before he takes his last human breath, he says, my God, my God, I am the slaughtered lamb. So as today's scripture says in verse 12, worthy is the slaughtered lamb. This metaphor of Jesus as a slaughtered lamb is a central symbol of the entire book of Revelation. And of course, Jesus is not literally a woolly little four-legged lamb. And again, this reminds us that any of the symbols or numbers in the book of Revelation are not to be taken literally. We could think of this book as a journey into God's vision of hope for our world. So to better understand what today's scripture is trying to tell us, we need a little background. From previous chapters, we learned that John's vision, he's in John's vision, he sees the divine throne and God as the one seated upon it. It is surrounded by angels, living creatures, elders, all worshiping the one on the throne. Not only does John see this glorious court, he also hears the ceaseless singing of praises to God. And if that were not enough, John then sees the scroll held by the one seated on the throne. Can you even imagine such a sight? When I was about three or four years old, I got away from my mother and I grew up at a resort on the lake. Somehow I snuck away and I was walking along the water's edge and I ignored the property lines and I got over into the neighbor's property. And they had a bank, a steep bank, and you could look down and look right into the clear water. And there, in that ice-cold water, I saw dark, shadowy movements 
suckers were spawning. It frightened me and fascinated me all at once. And that may be where my fear of sea monsters comes from. Honestly, I have never forgotten those suckers swimming around. I wasn't even sure what they were. They just looked big. I mean, they could have been big. They were fish. And you know what? Those suckers were doing just what they had been programmed to do. There was nothing unusual about that, but I have never forgotten that. And you can almost imagine how magnificent and mysterious John's vision was to him. And then what about all the sound, thousands upon thousands of angels singing? Perhaps it was even deafening. And there's a couple of big questions. What does that scroll contain? And who is worthy to open the scroll? And this is not just any scroll, but a scroll that had printing on both the front and the back. It had a great deal to say. In fact, it was seven scrolls rolled into one, and each scroll was sealed. The scroll was securely sealed so no one other than the one worthy to open it could do so. In other words, the scroll was top secret. But John must have had an inkling that the scroll told of a promise that God had made known to, the, to God's people, starting way back in the book of Genesis and carried all the way through the Old Testament prophets. These unanswered questions of what does the scroll contain and who is worthy to open the scroll were very disturbing to John. So disturbing, in fact, that he broke down and cried because he didn't think that this scroll could ever be opened, didn't know who was going to open it, and he feared all would be lost and the world would be doomed forever. This had to be very devastating to John. You see, if the scroll, scroll could not be opened, then God's promise had failed. However, we know God's promises don't fail, and God keeps God's promises. Not only did the scroll contain the promise that the kingdom of God will come to earth, it also explains the final events of human history. And when the scroll is opened, it starts events in motion. But who is worthy to open the scroll? Finally, one of the elders tells John that the one who can open the scroll is the lion of the tribe of Judah, also known as the root of David. Remember, as Jacob was dying, he gave a final blessing on his son Judah and he described him as a lion, and that the scepter would not depart from him or his tribe. Jesus Christ came from the tribe of Judah. And later in the book of Revelation, Jesus himself would say, I am the root and the offspring of David. So who is it that is worthy to open the scroll? It is the one 
who is the lion of the tribe of Judah and known as the root of David. And yet, when John looks up, he does not see a lion at all. Instead, he sees just the opposite. He sees a little lamb, a little lamb standing as if it were slaughtered. But indeed, it is this little lamb that receives the scroll from the hand of God. And with that action, the immense heavenly court breaks forth in words of praise. They acknowledge the lamb is worthy to open the scroll. And why is the lamb worthy to open the scroll? Because he alone, he alone shed his blood for all mankind. When Jesus accepted the scroll, universal praise in heaven and on earth rode to Jesus. And this is what today's scripture is talking about. And then I looked and heard the sound of many angels surrounding the throne, the living creatures and the elders. They numbered in the millions, thousands upon thousands. They said in a loud voice, worthy is a slaughtered lamb to receive power, wealth, wisdom, and might, and honor, glory, and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and the sea, and I heard everything everywhere say, blessing, honor, glory, and power, being to the one seated on the throne, to the Lamb forever and always. I would be amiss if I didn't mention this planet we call Earth, this home, no matter who we are, where we live, we all call this creation, Earth, our home. We must remember to be mindful of how we treat this Earth, how we pollute the planet, how we help the demise of animal species, how we have a sea of plastic floating in the ocean. This chapter tells us that every creature on earth and under the earth and in the sea has joined in majestic praise. People, if we don't get our act cleaned up, if we don't change our ways, the way we consume, the way we waste, the ways we take advantage of the creatures on this planet, the way we abuse this earth, there aren't going to be any creatures in heaven, on earth, or under the sea to praise God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Community Presbyterian Church in Grand Rapids, Minnesota.